This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, hello, basketball fans. That's right. It's your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast, Around the Rim. I am your host, LaChina Robinson, joined by, oh, wait a minute, Tarika is out for the week. Oh, my girl is at home. She is under the weather, but we just want to say, Sarika, we love you. We miss you. We hope you get better soon, and um, I'm sure we'll see you next week. But on the ones and twos, we have Kyrie. Kyrie, what's up, man? Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, you're stepping into some big shoes today. Are you ready for this or what? Absolutely am. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm getting my uh, wind beneath my wings, so to speak. <laughs> well, we love it. We're so glad that you could join us. This is your first go around. You've been with Around the Rim, so we don't want people to think you jumped on the bandwagon like you right. have produced for us before. You are down. So, Tell uh, him, put yeah, some respect on my name, please. Put a respect on it. He's part of the family. Thank you so much for stepping in. Um, fans, we've got a great show for you. We have Texas head coach Karen Aston joining us later in the show. Uh, but first and foremost, we want to talk about the biggest matchup of the week. That's right. Right. The most anticipated uh, matchup of the non-conference season, it's Jimmy V weekend. In celebration of Jimmy V, we had the Jimmy V Classic. Number three, Notre Dame. Number one, UConn Huskies. In a battle, an epic battle, um, which is what we have come to expect from UConn Notre Dame. Um, and the Huskies would prevail. Number one team in the country, 81 to 71 uh, for Notre Dame. But that's not the story of this one. And to help us out, we are going to hear from our very own ESPN analyst and Naismith Hall of Famer, Rebecca Lobo, who covered that game. Here's what she had to say about it. With nine minutes left to go in the game, Katie Lou Samuelson leaves the floor due to injury. Connecticut was down to Notre Dame by 11. It looked like this game was Notre Dame's to win. Instead, Connecticut showed tremendous toughness. This team, Coach Oriama said, for the first time when they were on the ropes, proved and showed what type of team they could be. Gabby Williams was benched by Coach Oriama in the second half. She did not play a second in the second half, but other players stepped up big. Azare Stevens, the transfer from Duke, looked tremendous in this game. 17 points, 8 boards. The freshman, Megan Walker, in the fourth quarter came up with huge defensive rebounds. Nafisa Collier came alive getting to the offensive glass so Connecticut against the ropes at home again in front of a sellout crowd showed once again why they're the number one team in the country so you heard Rebecca Lobo say it the Huskies were down 11 points in the fourth Gabby Williams um, Rebecca said benched where I you know totally unclear on whether it was coaching decisions because they did say post game she was experiencing migraine headache so that might have been why why she was out but nonetheless UConn had no Gabby Williams in the second half um Katie Lou Samuelson who would lead the team in scoring with 18 points left in the fourth quarter as she re-aggravated that foot injury uh, that has kept her out of some games this season um but they rallied back I mean, down 11 in the fourth against a very, very good Notre Dame team, which shout out to Muffet McGraw because coming into the season, expectations were not very high for this team just based on the movement, right? So they get a transfer eligible at the last minute and Jessica Shepard, who's been fantastic. Uh, they also had a graduate transfer 
uh, that joined the team this year and Lily Thompson. Um, you know, it's just been a lot of moving pieces for this team. They have a short rotation. They uh, have had been ravaged by injuries, including their All-American uh, Brianna Turner, who was out for the season with an ACL she suffered last year. But Notre Dame put up a fight. I mean, it was really impressive. Uh, Marita Mabry had 21 points. Enrique Gumbawale had 19. Those two were the key for this team. Um, it, it was really just an amazing effort by Muffet McGraw's team, who's just a great coach. Now, in that fourth quarter, UConn outscored Notre Dame 26-9. to So despite missing some key pieces, um, Azrae Stevens really emerged. I mean, 10 of her 17 points, as you heard Rebecca say, were in the fourth quarter. And UConn really fought back in this one. I thought one missing piece for Notre Dame, Jackie Young only had two points after having a really, really great start to this year. Um, So they were really kind of without her or or the way she would normally show up in the box score in that game. And and I think that kind of hurt possibly some fatigue for Notre Dame as well, as we mentioned that rotation that's been shortened due to injury. But, I mean, UConn was missing some key pieces as well. You could say the same across the board. Crystal Dangerfield just continues to impress me. It's the timeliness of the baskets that she makes in some of the decisions. Um, Nafisa Collier had 15 points. Um, it, it was just really an all-around team effort that I thought was impressive, and they had to gut it out against a Notre Dame team that really wanted it. So it was everything we could have wished for as advertised, but um, needless to say, you know, we always hear those conversations, oh, it's going to be about UConn winning at the end of the year. Well, Notre Dame had something to say about that, and if anything, uh, they restored the confidence that even though UConn has been dominant uh, you know, in, in their showings in Final Fours and championships and all of those things that Notre Dame is not backing down. And whenever you see the Irish hit the floor, they come to play. So uh, by the looks of this game, they plan on being here uh, in April and playing for a national championship. And there is a team that is ready to take on the UConn Huskies. Now, in this segment, I'm going to talk about some notes from my clipboard. Lots of great women's basketball has happened in the last week. We don't have time to cover it all, but I did write down a couple of things that stood out to me. First and foremost, shout out to all the coaches that are playing good competition. Uh, I think we mentioned this coming out of the Thanksgiving break. Great top 25 matchups. Um, We love it at this time of the year where teams aren't afraid to play other good teams despite lurking conference play right around the corner. So just a couple of things. Um, We already talked about the Notre Dame-UConn matchup, but um, going back to late last week, Duke, number 14 at the time, played um, number 8 Ohio State. All of these rankings are from the time the teams played. Uh, But Duke did beat Ohio State. um, And in this game, you know, it's so interesting because we'll talk about Duke in a, in a minute um, in their game against South Carolina that they actually lost, but uh, they're led by their backcourt, right? Lexi Brown, Rebecca Greenwell, each of them had 19 points. They're trying to still find themselves a little bit, right? They had some big departures in the post. Um, Odera Cheatham and Kendall Cooper, just not as much experience in their front court. Uh, but their defense is always intact. That's the one thing that Joe and P. McCauley does such a great job with with this team. Um, Ohio State only shot 32% from the field. 
28% from the three-point line and only eight points in the fourth quarter. So despite that early loss to Villanova, Duke is still coming along. Um, They're definitely a team to keep your eyes on. Another match that really stood out to me, and I'm going to talk about Baylor in a moment. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, at LaChina Robinson, I did a poll last week. And my question to fans was, is Kalani Brown of Baylor and Lauren Cox, that's their front court, they're the 4-5 combo, are they the best 4-5 combo in the country? You know, because I'll be honest with you, I had their game against Stanford, which means I've been watching a lot of film on them. They are legit. Now, keep in mind that Kalani Brown is the Big 12 preseason player of the year, um, and she is 6'7", period, leading the country in field goal percentage at 77%. I mean, 6'7", and you can't do much of anything with her, honestly. I mean, she's that big, she's that strong, she's that powerful. And then Lauren Cox, to compliment her at the four, both are stretching... Uh, the defense a little bit, especially Kalani Brown, more than we've seen in previous seasons. Um, it, it's just an interesting make makeup of a team. And we'll get to the Stanford game in a moment. But the results came in. Over 700 people, actually 762 people voted on this poll on Twitter. So we may do this more often for Around the Rim. And 73% of the people said that, yes, Kalani Brown and Lauren Cox are the best uh, post combo, front court combo in the country. And 27% said no. Now, some of the people that said no, Asia Wilson and Alexis Jennings, which can you, can you, I mean, they're awesome, right? So you can't necessarily say no at this point. Um, we had some other names submitted, but that was the most popular. I mean, definitely Gamecock fans who are some of the best in the country jumped all over it. Um, some other submissions we had were Jamie Nard and, and Mercedes Russell. Um, but you know, it was pretty much consistently just about Kalani, um, and also Lauren Cox. Now the other combo, which I think a lot of people kind of sleep on maybe because of size or whatever it is, but UConn, I mean, when you think about Nafisa Collier or your, you know, Azrae Stevens, obviously, whatever combo you're using in the post for them, um, they are just outstanding and, and versatile. So that was another group that we heard, a lot about, you know, Gabby Williams and that whole deal. So anyway, long story short is thanks for everyone for voting on that. But uh, Baylor did beat Kentucky 90 to 63. Um, Baylor's only loss this season was to UCLA. So we'll continue to watch that team. Uh, I mentioned Duke played South Carolina. They lost. Uh, the Gamecocks beat them 72-52. to 52. Big games on the interior, as I just mentioned. Alexis Jennings, who was shooting the ball extremely well from the field, uh, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Asia Wilson had 18 and 11. Uh, they held Duke to one of 10 from the three-point line, and that was significant because that's what Duke did well um, against Ohio State as they really shot the three ball. Another game, uh, the Texas Longhorns. We are going to hear from Karen Aston, the head coach, in just a moment, but they beat the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, 81 to 53, Ariel Atkins, who is also shooting the ball very well, leading her team in scoring uh, for Karen Aston, 17 points, nine rebounds. Jatari White had 13 points. Keep in mind, this is the number two team in the country, and they still don't have Joyner Holmes. Oh, my goodness. Um, Georgia was led by Mackenzie Ingram. Um, another game I just want to mention quickly, the Louisville Cardinal um, went to play South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Now, some people are saying, what, who? Let me tell you about, from what I understand, I haven't had the honor of covering South Dakota State at home, but 
from what I understand, they have an amazing home court advantage. Their fans, first class, athletic department, women's basketball pro- program, all of that. But they took Louisville to the wire, but the Cards did end up winning. Um, but keep your eyes on South Dakota State. They are always a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Mississippi State beat Oklahoma State. 79 to 76. Victoria Vivians is shooting the ball really well. She's always been a volume shooter, but her level of efficiency is going up this year. Um, and so, you know, Mississippi State, obviously, they still have Morgan William. They still have Blair Schaefer um, and Tierra McCowan. I mean, they've got some really good pieces, even though they lost an extremely impactful senior class from last year's uh, national championship game. So they are a program that's expected to do big things. And for Oklahoma State, Lauren Goodwin, my goodness, uh, the transfer from Butler, who's got an interesting background in terms of her journey and her different stops, uh, but... She was outstanding for Oklahoma State and um, very, very good performance from them against Mississippi State. Quickly, Stanford um, lost to Baylor at Baylor, 81-57. to We talked earlier about the front court of Kalani Brown and Lauren Cox, but my goodness, Chrissy Wallace was three assists from a triple-double. She gave one of the best performances I've ever seen. I mean... She is so wiry, quick, athletic, energetic. Like, she never stopped moving in that game. She was getting so many tips and deflections, just doing the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. But, you know, I've always wondered, I've often wondered, what will Baylor do with their rotation? Because they have an outstanding freshman, um, Alexis Morris, who... I mean, talent-wise, could very well move into the starting lineup. And I was like, well, will they sit Christy Wall? They can't. Like, she is the key. She's the the energy behind what Baylor does. She was outstanding. And if I had a vote, she would have been um, National Player of the Week. But anyway, I didn't. Um, I just want to say something quickly about Stanford. Uh, they did not beat Baylor, obviously. They really struggled, um, had some turnovers on the offensive end. Um, you know, this is a team that is still without Britt McPhee, who's out due to injury. We're expecting her to return at some point this year, but... They have really missed her experience. Keep in mind, they graduated three uh, seniors last year, Bree Roberson, uh, McCall, uh, and also Carly Samuelson, who were key components of this team. And I love that Tar Vanderveer is challenging this young group. And what I'm saying is don't pay attention to that score against Baylor. Give Baylor their credit, but I watched this team practice, and they are going to be really good when they can get all the pieces together, get more experience playing together. Alana Smith um, from Australia, the junior, has started to emerge, which is a wonderful thing for this group. Um, They have some talented freshmen. Maya Dodson, but maybe even more importantly, Kiana Williams. Um, Look for her to play more minutes at the point guard spot. She was sensational at Baylor to be playing a top 10 team. She had family there because she's from San Antonio, Texas. I thought that Kiana Williams was outstanding and a real bright spot for Tara Vanderveer. Also, Dijanae Carrington um, has had to kind of fill into some minutes and is giving them some depth, some some toughness. She's a really good rebounder. Um, obviously, they have Kaylee Johnson. Um, and, you know, just this is a group that has all the pieces. They're just putting it together. Anna Wilson looks like a completely different player from last season. She had 21 points, actually, against Ohio State, was red hot from three. Uh, and then Shannon Coffey had a really big game at Baylor. So, you know, what do we always say about 
Tar Vanderveer's teams at Stanford. They will be there at the end of the season when it counts. Um, they're getting roughed up right now, um, having played so many top 20 teams, but uh, keep your eyes on the Cardinal as they have a lot of talent, and once they get it clicking, yeah, they're going to do big things. So for West Virginia, how about a team that is without Tynese Martin? They played um, also ranked uh, Texas A&M and uh, beat them 70 to 56. It was behind Muldrow uh, for West Virginia, who's been leading them without Tynese Martin. She had 24 points. And Texas A&M just didn't shoot very well. Now, they are capable. I mean, they have Hillsman and Howard, um, sharpshooter Danny Williams, um, Carter, their freshman, who I am just so high on, who's just amazing to watch. Um, but only scored 56 points and only shot 33% from the field, 25% from three-point land. Um, wasn't enough to get it done. Just another quick note, uh, Florida State is rolling. They are 8-0, and I want to give a shout-out to Shakela Thomas, who's uh, the ESPNW Player of the Week. And uh, if you have not seen her play, boy, um, just a next-level athlete like you've never seen. She can duck the basketball, um, is expected to really – be in the conversation for player of the year in the ACC as she is every season. Um, but Florida State is one of those teams that people maybe aren't paying as much attention to because they've lost uh, quite a bit from last year's group. But um, they are 8-0, and and Sue Samurai's team is rolling. Um, all right, so now we will have Karen Aston joining our show next. And, you know, the biggest thing about Texas, they're the number two team in the country right now. Um, they're winning by plus 36 points per game. That is just ridiculous. And they are without Joyner Holmes. Now they've got Atkins and they've got um, Brooke McCarty, who's arguably the best point guard in, in the country. And so many pieces, Higgs. Um, but it's really just how did Karen Aston get this program back to national prominence, back to uh, where it was in the Jody Conrad days of top five in the country and the best recruits? Obviously, you know, Tina Thompson is a part of their staff. She's done a, fine, a fantastic job. So lots of moving pieces. But Karen Aston, um, I mean, high level of respect for what she does and what she is doing with this Texas Longhorn program. So we spoke to her um to start the season to just talk about how she did it. Well, fans, my gosh, is this two years in a row that we've had you? Two years I in cannot a row. believe this. We've gotten lucky. Um, fans, we are excited right now on Around the Rim to have the head coach of the Texas Longhorns joining us, none other than Karen Aston. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Well, I am so excited to have you back because, wow, your season last year, and I'm speaking from my perspective, right? <laughs> so I know that you've got, you know, team goals and there's things you guys want to accomplish and everyone wants to win it all but throughout the course of last season the excitement that your team brought to the game of women's basketball the relentlessness you played with um you know the fact that texas is you know back to what we're used to in terms of the standard in women's basketball it was such an inf a fun ride i mean we all fell in love with uh <laughs> holmes and mccarty like it was it was really a fun ride for us what was last season like for you and what did it mean for your program it was actually a fun ride for me. Uh, I think a lot of people would, would look at the way we started and say, you know, oh, gosh, well, you weren't where you wanted to be and what was wrong and all of those Your things. schedule was, yeah, was, it was pretty brutal, hard. But it was actually 
part of that process that I think you have to go through with young kids um, and a team that maybe needs to grow up a little bit. And I didn't mind any of it. It, it was never a point where I, I thought this is not fun. And because I knew we would get there, I really did think that we were going to get what needed to happen. It just didn't happen on the time frame. I think that everybody thought it would, but then we went on the run and, you know, lots of learning experiences from that. But I will agree with you that for whatever reason, that particular team, maybe people watching the roller coaster that we sort of went on early in the year, that particular team gained um, a lot of attention for us. And I, I do think that it was the way that we played. I think there were some particular games that were highlighted uh, on ESPN that gave us a platform to play on, and we took advantage of that. And I, I think what has come out of that is a lot of national attention in a great way. It, it's gained, We've gained some interest from people that I don't think ever saw us play until last year. And now you have um, you have – a lot of interest in Texas, and that's a good thing. That's what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, I mean, and yes, it was, it was a ride. And again, I, I go back to your schedule, which was brutal early, but you could tell that your team learned from it, right? And that's what mm-hmm. you want. Like Gino yeah. says, we want to lose. You know, we want to lose so that we can learn our weaknesses and get better. Um, but part of it is also your style of play. And there's something just so exciting. It's up-tempo. It's aggressive. Um, and obviously the head of the state, the snake is Brooke McCarty, who has become um, the nation's point guard, really. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about your just your style and, and why you play that way. Uh, I think it's a little bit of, of my personality, for sure. I, I have, a, I guess, a, an aggressive nature in a sense, and I really love defense. And I think that probably is where it comes from, is that, um, during my tenure at Texas as an assistant with Jody, I was sort of in charge of the defense. Believe it or not, I coached the post players. What? For eight years. I, I was that. the post you coach. Were the, wait, yeah. eight years? Can you believe that? Now, Karen, how tall are you? And you I might coached, have on a little I, heel right now. I was privileged now. enough to I'm, I'm, I'm probably taller than uh, what, Al, Altuve. <laughs> I think we're about the same size. <laughs> Which no. he has just stolen yes. my heart, by the yes. way. I'm not trying to get on baseball, but no, that, but that I love him. I mean, when I saw him heart. standing next he to to Judge, like when they were playing amazing. the Yankees in that series, I was like, and of course, Judge is like what six eight, and yeah. this guy is oh my god, he's tiny. So if you're taller than him, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Where were we? <laughs> Where were we? I got you on baseball coaching the post. Which, yeah. Okay. So defensive coach, right. so to say, that was sort of my mantra as an assistant I and love it so that that generates uh what we what we try to do offensively I mean if we're not very good defensively I'm going to be a frustrated coach most of the time and I will say this year is a bit of an adjustment for me it's the first time since I've been at Texas that because I was privileged enough to have Imani for those first four or five years um it's the first time we haven't had a shot blocker Mm. so it just dawned on me uh, a few weeks ago when we started the scrimmaging and, you know, started to look at combinations, I was like, this feels different because we're going to have to be a little bit more sound defensively because we could fly around some and Imani cleaned up a lot of it. And then Kelsey did uh, after Imani. So it will we'll look a little different. Yeah. And those blocks get you in the transition. Yeah, I like to get out in transition though. I mean, we'll, we'll have to do it differently this year. Yeah. Fans, it is halftime, but stay right where you are because we have more after the break 
with Texas Longhorn head coach Karen Aston. But I just want to take a moment to say thank you for downloading, listening to, subscribing, um, all of that with us, uh, with ESPNW's podcast, Around the Rim. Uh, we love our fans. We always love to, to read your thoughts on social media. So continue to spread the word. Subscribe so you can get it first all of our content. Um, make sure that you are leaving a review or rating our podcast. You can find us on the ESPN app and also on Apple Podcasts. So stay where you are. More with Karen Ashton right after this. Well, um, high expectations. And I know one thing that has been talked about a lot, obviously, it was, it was news, not as much now, but you'll be without Joyner Holmes until December 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that impact your team and the way you'll play in the first part of this year? Um, I think where, as I've seen, again, the last couple of weeks, as we've started to put combinations together, I think what will be obvious is that at that position, it will have to be collective in a sense of, you know, Joyner rebounded the ball really well, especially for a freshman last year. That's usually the area that catches them off guard is how physical the game is and where do they find those rebounds that they're used to getting easily in high school. And she filled that void, I I thought, pretty well for a freshman. So now it's sort of how can we, where do we get those nine, ten rebounds a game and, and that's looked a little bit different for us. So that's been an adjustment. But I will say that, you know, windows of opportunity happen for young people and they should take advantage of them. And it's a chance for our team to gain more depth mm-hmm. uh, to for some players to get some experience that maybe they wouldn't wouldn't have gotten uh, in different situations. I don't mean that, you know, a Jordan Hosey wouldn't play or a Kellyanne Goudreau would not be playing with Joyner, but it'll feel different for them to have some more responsibility. So I think when Joyner comes back, we have an opportunity to be deeper. Mm-hmm. And as Big 12 season grinds along, and you know this, I mean, you've watched it happen, it comes to a halt in the second part <laughs> of the Big 12 season. I think we'll have an opportunity to maybe stay a little fresher with Joyner returning. So you return the Big 12 uh, Freshman of the Year, Player of the Year. We know about Ariel Atkins, who is a lefty. So everyone um, knows I'm lefties. in love. I'm in love. With, I'm left-handed. <laughs> I just I'm team I lefty all lefties. the way. Um, so you so you got a great core, but are there is there someone in particular that you think is going to be a game changer uh, this year outside of your big three? Um, it's hard to get past um, the impact that Brooke and Ariel have every day. It's really hard to get past that right now and even as we start to get in game mode and all of that, I mean, they just are such strong, not only players, but leaders, uh, and their presence is so felt every day that it's hard to get past the impact that they have. But I would say that probably the player that I'll look at and say, okay, what what are you going to bring to the table and, and how can you make our team better and make us look different would be Jatari White. Mm. Uh, she is a a new player who set out last year, a transfer from South Carolina. And um, Jatari gives us a bit of a low post presence that I think as she, as she gets comfortable with putting on the uniform and being on the floor again, I do think that she'll make a difference with our team because she can, she can sit on the block and 
do some damage. She's another lefty. Yeah. She's yep. on Team yep. Lefty, I was going to say, you know, this is adding up to look very yeah, nice the way it's shaping she's, up. She's on it, too. But I, I do think that Jatari gives us a different look than we've had in the last couple of years because she's a, she's a little bit more of a physical presence down low. Mm-hmm. One thing that your team um, did in the offseason is you took an international trip to Italy. Um, <laughs> and how was that? Experience. It was great. I, it's funny that we ran into Connecticut over there and we talked about how we should have just scrimmaged each other while we were over <laughs> that there. That would have been nice. It would have been. It would have been. Um, it, it was a great trip. I, I don't know that you learn a lot from a basketball standpoint. Um, you play everyone. As a matter of fact, I Ariel was um, gone with the U23 team and kind of returned to us midstream in the Italy trip, so I didn't even mm-hmm. play her. And Brooke had a, a little bit of a ding from the trials, so Brooke didn't play either, um, which was good. Yeah. It was good to be able to play the youngsters and look at some different combinations without those two out there. I will say I I, I also would be happy if those two never graduated. <laughs> <laughs> Stay forever. But it was good. Uh, main, the main part of that trip, as you know, is just the cultural experience yeah. and the chance to be around your players in a different light. I mean, everything's always so you know, high, high stressful. Um, there's always so much structure mm-hmm. in our road trips, uh, as, especially as you get into big 12 play. It's, it's a, it's a business trip. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And this was light, you know, it was, it was fun. It was, um, it was very relaxing. And I thought that the, the, the players really enjoyed it. As you know, I mean, Italy's beautiful and it was amazing to see the sights, but I think just the chance to spend some time with them, where, you know, they know that coach is kind of letting her guard down a little bit and we're having some fun, I think was good for our team. Now, that's a, that kind of is a segue to, to my next um, question for you because you mentioned business trip and you are always so buttoned up. I mean, you when your team comes in, when you walk in, I know that you guys are prepared to the nth degree, right? Um, again, your intensity, all of that, work ethic. Um, but on the... Karen Ashton relaxed side, right? <laughs> what is that? Describe that, Karen, to me. You talked a little bit about baseball a moment ago. Because I'll tell you this, your vibe this year, I don't know if it was because, you know, coming off of last season, like you just seem to, you are just so settled in your skin right now. People can't see her, right? You know, but she just has this aura about her. So what is Karen like outside of basketball? Oh, you're not going to believe this. And and most people that know me, it's always it's always funny for them to go to practice or see me in the business side of it because I'm extremely laid back when I get off the court. Um, I would be fine for somebody else to take care of the hard stuff. <laughs> and um, I, I do like to relax. I, I like um, I like a, light, a nice glass of wine every now and then. Um, nice. And I love sports. I mean, I talking about baseball, I mean, I'm not a diehard baseball fan, but – that series was amazing, and I I could probably go to any any I mean any sporting event. I have taken up golf. I will say that it's become oh. it's become a little of a of a relaxation for me. And before, back in the days when I would have to go golf with Jody or something, it was just I mean I probably drove her crazy because I couldn't wait to get it over with. Yes, I, mean, I would <laughs> I would hit it. I would hurry up. I would grab my phone in the cart to see if any, you know, anybody was, you know, any recruit was texting me. And I just couldn't, you know, unwind at all. And that's, I mean, most people that know me know that it's a little bit difficult for me to unwind. But once I do, it's, 
I'm I'm good. I'm chill. See, I can't unwind on the golf course. Like I, I used to couldn't. I, I can but, now. But, like I can actually really enjoy it. But now. I'll tell you what it is for me. It's not as much like the the okay. I should be doing something else because I get antsy about things as well. It's yeah. that I I suck. Like I'm well, terrible. I do too. I do too. But and now I've that, gotten to the point where I might hit a good shot, and that's like that's good. I mean, it will get you going for six months. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I golf all the time. I don't golf enough. Uh, but Austin is so beautiful too. Yeah, and that's I mean, you know that. We talked about that last year. Yeah. Um, and just to get out, you know, in the hill country and look I mean, the U T golf course, if you've if you've never been to it, um it's it's beautiful. Man. Absolutely beautiful. Well, I mean, you would I mean, when you're talking about Italy, I mean it's not Italy, trust me. But <laughs> there are parts of it that I mean, it'll it'll remind you of California or, uh, you know, different. You you don't look like you're in Texas when you when you go up in the hill country of Austin. Well, that's what I love about Austin is I can go to a different part of it and feel like I'm in a totally different city or even sometimes a different country. Like, seriously, it is that like you can you can find just about any vibe in in Austin that you're looking for, which I know it's crazy. I'll, I'll pitch Austin for just a few minutes, but it is now like the second most visited vineyards it's there's a whole wine country now that 10 years ago didn't even exist and so now it's this huge population of vineyards so Mm. now you just can go on all these wine tours um it's the most visited city right now for bachelorette parties and i think it i'm (laughs) really real i mean it's like turned into this it's a destination city now Hmm. i think it's about the wine country I think that, yeah, you know, they can true. all get yeah, on that bus and go tour. Yeah, the that's tour. a fun and, thing to do for a bachelor. And there's just the, you know, the fact that there's a lake. There's, you know, there's there's the huge area where you can go out on Lake Travis up in the hill country. And then there's the wine country. And then there's, you know, the city. Yeah. There's the nightlife. Huh. And when you put the music, yeah, uh, when you put all of that together. Oh, yeah, it's a Ooh. foodie. It's a foodie city. So it's one of those things where it's everybody's hot spot Set up right for now. success. Yeah, and the weather. In, oh, the weather in the weather is incredible. Either. Yes, it is. I still need to get back there, but we're, we're not going there now. Um, so uh, I want to end this with a couple of just basketball philosophy questions for you. Yeah. So um, I'm going to throw a couple, some scenarios out there and you tell me um, what your preference is and why. So small ball versus big back to the basket posts. Um. I like the big bas- big back to the basket. Uh, I I think there as much as I love to play fast. I do think that when you look at the history of the women's game, aside from I think Gino's team with Brianna and that group, mm-hmm. um, they were a different breed. I do think that even when you look at the WNBA, the teams that have that post presence. It makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, as you go along, I mean, I, again, I experienced it having Imani. Uh, I coached some really great post players at Texas when I was when I was an assistant, and I just have I have a love for that that guy that'll just get down there and go to work. I'm telling you, I Sylvia really do. Fouls I really do. I wore L. A. out. So like that's something that may not show up in the stat sheet. I mean, of course, her points and rebounds show up, things you like did. that. But over time, just the physicality of her posting up every time down the floor, of her yeah. being the first player down the floor, it's well, six, and six it's and defense. I think part of it is my love for defense yeah. too. I think there's, 
that anchor. Yes. I mean, you know, again, I had the experience of playing against Brittany Griner right. also. Yeah. And I mean, just that e- that that erasing yes. that they do when you make a mistake changes I, I, the game. Yeah. The I game. mean, especially it in, from in Minnesota's case, you know, where they have an aging backcourt and yeah. then, you know, someone can't guard. Guess what? You still got Sill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's I I was a back to the basketball, so of course that's my preference. But last question. Um, end of game, do you do you foul and send them to the line to prevent a three point shot? No. Play it out. Play it out. I'm gonna trust my defense. I'm gonna play it out. I like it. Yep. Well we're so excited and eager to see how this season plays out for you in it's the Texas Longhorns. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for stopping Thanks by, for Coach Aston. All right, have Those fun. Horns. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.